This is a Boardwalk Audio podcast. Hey guys, this is Tweety. You can follow Fish Out of Water podcast on Twitter at FooPod, F-O-O-W-P-O-D, or on Facebook at facebook.com backslash fish out of water podcast. Thanks guys. Enjoy the episode. Uh, uh, uh. Check it, you are now tuned in to Fish at the Water Where comedians learn from forerunners and give honor Tweety and Jeremiah mix it up like honor bombers Making sure everybody leaves educated like scholars This is Fish Shadow Water This is Fish Shadow Water Hey everybody, this is Ryan, welcome to Fish Out of Water This week, uh, Mr. Jeremiah Burton is, uh, he's out of town, he's in Portland Maine? Um, I'm assuming Portland, Oregon, maybe Maine. I don't know. Um, and before we get started, I also wanted to say, uh, uh, right, we're working with Rider Duet for the rest of this month. Uh, if you want a, uh, a chance to uh, win a free year of Rider Duet Pro, go to boardwalkaudio.com forward slash contest to enter to win a year of Rider Duet Pro. Cool. Or don't. Or, <laughs> but don't listen to him. Do it. You should do it. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I think that's everything. You can follow us on at FooPod on Twitter and uh, go to iTunes and like and subscribe us. Bam. Okay. So now to our guest, the super special, and I use that term so loosely, <laughs> a good friend of mine, Mr. Mike Canali. Hi, <laughs> and we and we do it. We do a separate podcast together. Yeah. Although I haven't done it in a while, but we do a, uh, a Nebraska Cornhuskers football podcast together. Yeah, and you're not even from Nebraska, which is weird. I was born in Nebraska. Oh, you were? I thought I'm Joe the was. only one in my family born in Nebraska. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. Joe was born in New York. My sister was born in New York, and in the middle, in the brief period of time we lived there, I was born in Nebraska. Okay, so if people that don't know Nebraska Cornhuskers is like a football team, college football team, and uh, we're all super fans. Yes. And it's going to be a long day because we're going to do an episode of that as soon as this is over. Yes, we are. Yeah. So, but let's talk about sketch comedy because these people probably do not give a shit about Nebraska football. They got a good recruiting <laughs> class. <laughs> I know, it's so good. <laughs> let's just we, talk about we Nebraska just, football. We just got another one um, this morning. Okay, anyways. Uh, yeah, so, um, so Mr. Canali, what's sort of been your trajectory in through sketch comedy? You started in Chicago, correct? Yeah, I, I it's mine's kind of been lumpy. Um I started in Chicago uh, at IO Theater doing improv, uh, and then I took classes at the Annoyance Theater, um, and then I made teams at IO, and then I quit. I got kind of disgruntled by just, I, I wanted it to be just fun, and like team I was on was all serious and fighting all the time, and it was stupid, and so I quit, and I didn't do anything for three or four years. Um, although, you know, my brother did, my wife did, my sister-in-law did like everyone around me and all my friends. Right. But I just, I was just kind of not interested, um, sort of because of like personalities really. Yeah. It's a big part of it. Yeah. 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 And I was young. I was young. I started at 22. Okay. Um, you know, right out of college. And so I stopped doing it and I never really liked acting. I never liked being on stage either with improv. I was always very uncomfortable. Um, and so I kind of got away from it. And then the the owners of the Annoyance Theater, um, Mick Napier and Jennifer Eslin, approached me because uh, they were reopening the theater. The Annoyance Theater, if anyone knows about it, has opened and closed and moved locations Probably a dozen times. That's crazy. I've never met. That's one of the few theaters that I've always wanted to go to that I just have never made it to. It's like, so funny, too, because you used to, which is so weird, you used to be at that, was it the Imagination Theater? Yeah. We shared a suite with yeah. you. So I knew we, about Annoyance. Yes, we had a class. We, we had a classroom in like a tiny office before our theater opened. We shared a suite with you guys yeah. for a long, long time. And I, so I would, weird. I worked for a theater company in Chicago called Imagination Theater, fresh out of college. I was probably 20. Well, for me, college ended late, so I was like 25. <laughs> <laughs> um, it took me a long time to get through college. I was a great student. Um, but I got it. I got a degree, so whatever. Um, and... Uh, uh, across the street, across the hall was annoyance, but I never met you there. No, no, no. And and I also worked another girl. Um, that you worked another with another. With girl. I worked with another girl at Imagination Theater, who you knew from 
Chicago. Andy Sudek. Andy Sudek. Who, who, I don't think she ever did annoyance stuff, at least when I was there, but she did like Second City. I think she did a little bit of IO. And my brother um, was friends with her as well. Yeah. Um, Joe Canale, who's been on this pod. You're actually the last of your family to be on the podcast. That's right, because my wife, Megan Grano, was our very first guest. Th- my sister in law? Your sister in law has done it, yeah. Molly Erdman. Mm hmm. And your brother. My brother. And so I'm the last one. And yep. I, I was a. And we've been trying to get you to come on for months, but <laughs> Mike, like you said, doesn't like to act. He's like, I don't want to be on a, I don't want to talk about comedy. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, to be that, which is fair, but uh, but but then Dan Banis asked me to do his podcast, yep. and I th- and it was like, all right, I'll do it. And then because I did that, I was like, I can't not do Ryan's right. Stuff, so, and so you have to. So I guess maybe that's a good place to start. Why don't you want to talk about comedy? Um, I don't like to talk about it. I, I think it's just a thing. It's just a thing that I'd much rather. I I think it's I think comedy's fun to do when right. you're in the moment, and I don't like to think about it any other time. I'm not somebody who thinks about it. I, I rarely do. W- you and I will get in an argument once in a while about improv. Yeah, but um, Ryan believes in it certainly more than I do. Um, I, I believe in it as a as a tool, um, and Ryan believes in it as an art form. As an art form in in, in and of itself. Um, and so that 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 can be an argument that'll happen occasionally. Just like I would say, just like you would say that I would, I would argue that stand up is an art form in and of itself, not just a tool. But by your definition of comedy, stand up is merely well, a tool. Well, I actually don't know if I completely agree with that. Um, I think stand up is certainly more. I think stand-up has more merit in some ways than improv. I think improv is a really great tool to help a person write, to help a person act. It's, I, think it's a, I really do think it is an essential tool for a good comedian. With that being said, my, my argument is always about having something tangible at the end of... of creation right that you can hand to someone and like see this is what i did and i don't believe that with improv Improv, because you can't it never looks as good as you're not in the moment okay let me ask you this um do you think that part of that might be because you're a little jaded since you've seen thousands and thousands no i I kind of i really do feel i've had that opinion always really yeah i do um and it doesn't mean that i don't think i can't watch a show and be inspired and laugh uh, and think it's great. And then on the other side of it, you know, be disgusted and, and, you know, like what, what was I doing for this last 45 minutes? (laughs) You know, what a wasted time. Um, you know, when you're bad improv is, is Is the worst. Yeah. And bad bad standups really bad, but bad, bad everything, bad sketch, bad. Anything is bad. I mean, bad. I've seen some bad sketch shows where it's like, you wrote this, you spent, you wrote this, huh? The one thing about that is like a bad improv. Oh, so with bad sketch, you can hope that the next sketch will be better. So the, the the energy of a bad improv show, yeah, it can just all sink so bad. Yeah, it does. It starts to get really dark, and you can see the inner workings oh, of people's brains and, falling apart. And watching the pain on their face. Yeah, <laughs> it's. I true. mean that, and it's that is kind of a fun part. If you if you're kind of like if you have a sicker sense of humor, you can really get some joy out of a bad improv show. But ooh, yeah. Anywho, uh, I don't know where we're. Where I we're don't even about. remember. <laughs> um, so, uh, you are—I don't know your exact title. Currently, currently, I am the. Although it's been a year, I still can call myself the uh, interim, the interim <laughs> managing director at uh, the iOS Theater. So, what what does that mean? You do. I, I I sort of handle the day to day operations. I don't, you know, we have artistic directors, so they do. Zach and Colleen, Zach and Colleen, who so, are great. I've met yeah, both of them. Have they been on the show? Uh, no, I would like to have them on if they're listening. This is an open invitation to both Zach Huddleston and Colleen. They're not listening. I know they're not. Uh, th- um, but they they handle the the most of the artistic stuff, and I and I kind of do. Uh, you know, handle everything else and the um, sketch. I you seem to be a little bit more. I do. I, I well, I I do. I I although I still defer to them on the artistic side of it, and and you know we have a little committee too. And sketch commission, but um, commission. We've talked about the sketch commission on here a little bit. You have, yeah. Um, I I 
I think that um, I, I, I'm more interested in that side of it. And I think we have, I think IO has very, very good sketch. Yeah, and I so think so it's, too. It's very fun. Uh, it's come so far. It has. It's been great. It's a great, it's a great uh, group of teams. And, and you coached. I coached the team for a long time. I coached the team that Bill Kessler, who you had on, is currently coaching. Yeah. Right. Um, it doesn't have to be this way, which is Eric Voss is on that team. Dan Bannis is on that team. Dan Bannis, Eric Voss. We had both of those guys on. Jeremy Briggs, Dan Torson, um, and a bunch of other great people. Um, they're all great. Yeah, that's one of my favorite teams. But, um, yeah. Uh, so, I don't know. And so, back to, back to just Chicago real quick. I, I ended up interviewing and taking a job as the managing director at the Annoyance Theater. Oh, okay, okay. When they were opening. Um, still at the time, you know, I was probably in my mid-20s at this point, maybe maybe 26. At the time, I still really didn't have a lot of interest, again, getting back into the creative side of things. Uh, because I just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it was. But as, and so, and they were happy with that because they wanted, they sort of wanted a separation of like the business side and the artistic side. Right. But um, as the, when the theater opened and we started getting in some new people into the theater, meeting a lot of people. And, and if, if, if you've never seen an annoying show, I, I mean, I haven't seen a show in, in close to a decade since I've lived out here, but that is a great theater. Um, is it certainly it was when I was there. I know it was prior to me. I imagine it's they're still doing good work. Um, Nick Napier feels like my generation's version of Del Close. Sometimes the way I hear people talk about him, where it's like he's just um, sort of this legendary. Yeah, uh, he's an incredibly funny man. What's the word I want to use? Well, people use the word guru, and that's such a dumb word. I wasn't going to say guru. I was going to say drinker drinker and like uh they talk about like del close is like this guy that would trip balls and then come into rehearsal and stuff i feel like i hear those same stories about um i think del Del was uh del was a drinker and del was a heroin user really oh yeah um sharna sharna i I believe the story sharna is the person who got him clean that is true oh wow yep i mean she she had a very important part in his life um yeah mick mick i think mick was a pretty heavy drinker i don't know if he is anymore i i've lost some touch with him in in the last few years but um i I, he was you know we we partied fairly (laughs) hard uh in my time there and i'm not a big party yeah you're not much of a partier at all but i i that was certainly the heaviest partying i had done in my life um during my time there was wild kind of i know like we, I, when I hear stories of like the past, be, you know, even before yeah. I arrived, they, I think they were a lot wilder. By the time that I got there, these are people who were in their like mid forties. Um, oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, let's see. I let's say I started at the Annoyance around twenty. I got involved with them. Um, I became friends with them twenty four, twenty five years old, and like Mick was. I think Mick is like 17 years older than I am. Oh, wow. Yeah, so... Um, I always thought Mick was like Joe's age. No, no, no. Mick's, Mick is... Mick's, Mick's probably at least 10 years older than Joe, 10, 11 years older than Joe. So, so yeah, I was quite a bit younger than them. And, you know, you know when, when people are in their... And I feel like my generation and generations since were not as wild as like these yeah. generations prior to us. Or at least that's the way the stories go. Right. Who knows if it's real or not? But, but we drank. You know, I did quite a bit of drinking at that time in my life. But a- a- anyway, I was very inspired by a lot of the comedians at the Annoyance, both older than me and younger than me. There's some. Uh, I don't know if you know who Connor O'Malley is. He was this mm-hmm. 19 year old kid. Now he, I mean, he was he was writing on um, Seth Meyers's show for a few years. I met him as this 19 year old. Northside Chicago kid wandered into our theater. I think he maybe took a class or two at IO and like he was this raw, just kind of Chicago kid who was the funniest kid you'll ever meet. That's great. And like, you know, and so I'm, you know, I'm seven years older than these kids, but they, him and and guys like Andrew Payton and George McAuliffe and George is so funny. uh, Mark Veneer and, 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 
all these really funny young guys. And then there was like guys a little older than me, guys and gals too. You know, Megan had done some stuff there and um, Rich Sohn and Rebecca Sohn and, and um, you know, Josh Walker and Tony Mendoza and, and Susan Messing. Like all these people from, I was kind of right in between these like two different generations of awesome comedy that I got to see all the time. And the annoyance inspired me again um, to want to start doing doing uh, it again. Yeah. But still no interest really in being on stage. And the funny thing about Chicago is, and I don't know if it's like that now or not, but if you don't, if you're not on stage in Chicago, there's not a lot of use for you. There's not like people who just write. Right, right. So that was, that I always felt a little out of place in Chicago as somebody who just sort of wanted to be, who wanted to write and, and kind of be behind the scenes. Um, and, and, and it might be different now because the, the industry and the business has grown so much more, but, um, is everything all right? Yeah, everything's right. But, uh, I, I, uh, at the time there was like, people weren't like, Hey, let me write for you. It, it just didn't happen. It was right. like you wrote and you performed and you did it all. And so that was where I sort of felt out of place a little bit, but I, I, I did get inspired a lot. And so I got back into, I took some, uh, I took some writing classes actually. And, um, and the annoyance still, they, they felt a little weird, uh, because I had been there in just this business capacity but uh, I think they knew I was I was a fairly funny person, and they they f- sort of allowed me to start kind of I got to direct some stuff, and I think uh, they were hesitant at first, but then they realized that I was still very good at my the business portion right. of the job, and so they they let me do both um, toward toward the end of my time there, and it was it was a lot of fun, and that that sort of kind of uh, was my trajectory into into doing more of it uh, when I moved to Los Angeles? Okay. Um, so now that you're here and you so you 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 still direct you still do the business side here. I you do, ran I, the training center for a while. I did. I ran the training when I first moved to Chicago. I was uh, looking for work and lucky enough that um, the person who was running the I O training center left, and then my name came up in Chicago because I had done a good job at the annoyance to, to Sharna being like, Oh, he's out there. You should hire him. And I, I, I had a five minute phone interview with her and she hired me and I had known Sharna many years too. And she's always liked me. But, um, so I was, I was, uh, I did that for a couple of years and then I, I, then I left the job. We had a son and I, I, uh, my wife was working a very, very, uh, busy job. So I decided to you know, be home with him for six months. And then I was, that's an awful feeling being alone with a baby. I, I feel so bad for, <laughs> I feel so bad for, uh, people who do that. I, I don't know. Maybe some people get more joy out of it. Not that I didn't love my, and don't love my children, but that is hard. That's like the worst. <laughs> it is the worst. <laughs> That's the exact opposite of what most people say. No, b- being at home with your kid alone all day long is so it's so draining and so mentally just it's And so it's like hard. a baby too, so it's not like it can talk and keep you company. It just like lays there and yeah, shit. Especially the baby. And the truth is, and and this is just dumb gender stereotypes, but I felt less of a man (laughs) i did i really did that i wasn't you know earning so i had to i had to find work again um and once again sharna contacted me you know unsolicited and was like hey would you come back to this job even you know on your own terms to do certain things that you were good at um that kind of we're missing here essentially. And so I did, uh, and I, I sort yeah. of made my own terms and then, and then there was, you know, and then there was a big shakeup at this, at the job a year ago. Right. And then they asked me, would I kind of run the day to day operations on an interim basis? And I'll always call myself interim, uh, even though it's been a year now. Yeah. 
but I will always say that I am. Yeah, in 20 years from now, when, yeah, you're, when you're retiring. Oh, 20 years, I will be long dead. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be long dead. So, and, so, uh, and about another thing you do, because you, you do still sort of do this creative side. You do still have a big hand in the sketch teams. Mm-hmm. I've, you, you've done a lot. I mean, you were one of my first sketch teachers at I.O. You were my, you were my first sketch teacher at I.O. Um, one of my first sketch teachers in general. And then um, you also sit. You also have a lot to do with the casting. When we do the sketch commission meetings, you ideally, not ideally, but what's what I'm looking for. For the most part, you run it. I mean, I run the meeting. Yeah. I, now I, I had. Yeah. I in the last six months or so, I've sort of stepped out of the. Uh, like I don't. I don't sort of. I'm not part of the team. Like I don't know if it's called judgment. I don't know whatever. Like the team analysis or uh, what is the word you're looking for? Right? Uh, assembly no yeah like i i i am i'll run the meetings and stuff just to keep the meetings going and to get and give you but you don't give input i don't i i don't give input because i haven't seen you know again i had another baby uh and so it's just been babies have sort of but you do give input in the rehearsal process i mean not the rehearsal process the audition process if i go to the audition sure oh i thought you went to all of them uh, yeah, but since, no, not si- only since we've only had one audition since I've been in this role. Oh, that's right. So yeah. that, wait, only one? Yeah. Th- when we had the prior artistic director, um, wow, that's right. Cause he's I, the one that hired the coach of Millard Fillmore. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, I remember now. So yeah, there's only been one. There's only been one. Yeah. But Millard Fillmore was the team I was on before yep. the one I'm on now. Yeah, but I, you know, I, I, I write, um, I've made some short films of late. Uh, I just, I, we're in the process of editing a new one that I made. I, I write with a guy named John Norris. Do you know John? I know that, is he related to Robin Norris? No, nope, not at all. Uh, he's a really funny guy. Um, and so we, we um, put some money into a movie and um, it looks good. I'll That's show great. it to you after this. That's great. I would love to see it. Um, okay, before we switch gears, I do want to ask you a little bit just because people in our that listening or this is something that they'll care about. Sure. When you're looking, cause the uh, IO auditions are coming up. Mod auditions just happened. Um, I believe pack auditions just happened. So the, the it's on people's kind of in Radar. their heads right now. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what, when you sit into in an audition room and you're looking for the way IO auditions work is you send in a, a sketch packet with three sketches. And then we do a, a scene read basically with a partner that you, that's assigned to us. The last, the last auditions. Yeah. Um, I don't even remember. Was there like a, was there a first round where you had to send in like a video? Yeah. We sent in a video. I forgot about that. Um, yeah. And yeah, I need to update send, like my a video, character my video. Um, not good. And then, uh, and then there was, yeah, then there's like a scene, a chosen scene, if you if you get selected if from you get your selected video. from the video, then you're you're given a scene and a part in the scene, and then you're as when you get to the theater, you're assigned a scene partner who's got the other part in the scene. It's usually a two person scene, um, and that's pro- that's how they did it last time. And then and the time before that too. And the time before that too. Okay, I don't know if I was there the time before that. That might have been when James. That was, was the one with the cows. Oh God! Yes, did we get some weird like this scene with this last thing we did was actually like so much better. But oh, this was yeah, that it was, was a such good a scene. good scene that was actually in a show. Yep. But oftentimes the scenes are like, I wonder what they'll do with this. I don't know. Well, which I think is silly. I do I, too. I think just give, <laughs> give give them an opportunity to be funny, not like that. I do remember that dumb scene that was chosen a couple times ago. I I don't know what the motivation was there. Uh, yeah, I think that, that, you know, why, why I, I have the, I'm like, give them something that they can work with and something they can do good with. Why, why, why make somebody uncomfortable in an audition? Make it as the, the most comfortable actors get rejected 99% of their life. At least be nice. To them. <laughs> well, and also that's not going to be the chances are we're not going to be doing that cow scene on stage. You're never going to no, see it was terrible. us it was, I like think, that again. I think it was found online. I don't know. Yeah, what it was found most, online. Oh what my I God. Under, from what I understood. Yeah. Uh, Whereas the one we did last time was written by someone who's on, I believe she's on the, the, um, was on in my class with you. Yes. Yeah. That was a good scene. That was a great scene. Yeah. What happened there was we had reached out to some of the coaches be like, Hey, do you have a good, like two persons kind of gender neutral two person scene that, um, where both characters kind of have highlights in it. 
And so we, uh, we got sent a few, and then I thought that one was, none of them are, it's hard. It's, yeah. it's hard to find a good two-person scene where, but that, I thought that was a pretty solid It isn't scene. like a character in a straight man. Right, right. exactly. Yeah, giving them, both of them getting the opportunity to kind of be able to play with it. Um, so that was a good scene. Uh, next time, I think we might do a couple different scenes, just so the people who are watching, in, watching get to get a variety, and you know. Yeah. Um, so that, that might happen next um and but, so when you're looking at an audition you're watching um an audition what is it you're looking for to know if someone's got it like they get on the short list um well the the other part of the audition too is like original characters like a minute right. or two so i think you know confidence is such a big thing you you, you have no idea if somebody just goes in there and just is like you know just treats it like business that means a lot just like the confidence and like um my my wife was my wife is directing a show right now at second city i guess they have things called premium shows and she just had auditions and she's like the people who stood out are mm -hmm. the people who just kind of come in they know they're good and they do a good job it's it's very business-like and that means a lot. I know it's so silly because it, it's nerve-wracking. It's nerve-wracking. Be really prepared. You know, just just go in there with confidence. And it's hard. As somebody who doesn't like being on stage, I get it. It's so hard sometimes to be confident. Yeah. Um, but that, that means a lot. Confidence, um, you know, trying something different. Not necessarily too different. There was, you know, there will be some people who are trying to like stand out and sort of butcher the scene. I wouldn't say do something like that, but you know, have your own sort of take on it. Um, uh, I, re I remember somebody in that last audition, I thought she did a great job. She played a, like a, the character as a Russian kind yeah. of like a disgruntled Russian woman. And it was just so different, but she, she hit the different thing in a good way. And, um, I think she, she made a, a Herald, uh, yeah, she did. stage team. Yeah, I know, yeah. That, I know that was, but, but yeah, I mean, I would say, uh, I would say as far as like the, the not a Herald team, a sketch, team. a sketch team. Sorry. Uh, I, I would say as far as like, yeah, so just come in with confidence, um, and, and really know the part down and, you know, even if your scene partner is, is a little weaker than you pick them up a little bit. You know what I mean? You know, let them kind of carry, you know, even this, and this will happen in an improv scene where, mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe if, if your, your partner isn't, isn't coming along with you or, or they're weaker than you, you know, show more emotion, let them match your, let yeah. give them the opportunity to match you. I mean, that's confidence too. And then in like the, the individual portion, the part where you're, um, you know, you're doing a couple minutes of, you know, uh, individual characters, mm -hmm. uh, you know, make them short, f funny, like good premise, good, good character, uh, a nice, funny bit or two. Um, don't do Matthew McConaughey if you're a guy. Don't do a Southern girl if you're a girl. Like, do you get a lot of Matthew McConaughey's? Matthew McConaughey's and Christopher Walken's like nonstop. And then I, girls go to, I'm going to do Matthew McConaughey doing Christopher Walken, like having sex with Christopher Walken. <laughs> no, like <laughs> a Matthew, Ryan, this is, I'm going to be, uh, this is Ryan Tweedy. I'm going to be doing Matthew McConaughey impersonating, impersonating. Christopher See that, Walken. that's funny. That would be a really funny kind of take on it, but I don't know. I guess, you know, those guys are very interesting kind of characters and people do them and a e lot. And easy. I mean, Matthew and McConaughey easy. is easy. Um, yeah, they, those get done a lot. And, and girls go to is a lot. There's a lot of old ladies. A lot of people, a lot of uh, ladies do like an old lady character a lot. And they'll do like a Southern character who's beklempt or you know what I mean? Like, a, yeah. like, um, and so, yeah, we see a lot of that. But so uh, people who stand out are doing different um just kind of doing different, silly, fun things. Um, and again, confidence is big there. Yeah. Okay, um, great. That's good. I mean, yeah. Um, and have fun with it. If you're not, if, if like, if you're not watching people having fun, that's another thing too. Like you want them to just, you know, 
after the scene is done, smiling and like this was fun. Yeah. this was a fun thing, right? Because ultimately, this stuff should be fun. It should be fun. It should. That's like the number one thing for me. If you think of it this way, this is such a hard career, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, it yeah. is the hardest. It's such a hard career. If you're in it and not having fun, I guarantee you, you could find a job that you're in and not having fun and you can make a lot more money. So do that instead of, you know what I mean? Like, you know what I'm saying? Half of our audience was like, yeah. But that's and true. just quit. Have fun. That's, that's what it should be about because that's, you know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. this should be, it should be joy. You should be having joy every time you're on stage, every time you're writing something. It should be joyous. Because you could still treat it like a business, but that's why you're in it. Because right. it's better than being an accountant, you know. Yeah, but you can you can you can make a lot of money a lot of money as an accountant. It's not as fun. Yeah, unless you love numbers. And some I like numbers. Yeah, you're the one that's always like, I want to be an accountant. That'd be great. I I, I do say that. <laughs> <a lot. laughs> um, cool, man. That's great. That's a really great advice. Uh, do you have real quick? Do you have any advice on writing packets? Um, like putting them maybe less about the actual writing the sketch, but more about putting the packet together. Yeah, don't make it, no scene should be, you know, if you do three scenes, it should be no more than 12 pages. People don't like reading long, long scenes. Um, uh, again, originality is always fun, just a different take on things. Um, IO is a little different than some other places where, you know, like UCB is very, uh, it's obviously game, uh, game heavy. And so I, and I took classes over there. I took uh, sketch writing classes that, that right. I enjoyed a lot. I yeah. Know that, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I enjoyed them, um, and it, they're really helpful uh, to you know to get pattern and game going. Um, and then you know, groundlings is obviously character stuff. We we don't have a specific necessarily style. We're just looking for like the funniest scene in any kind of style that makes sense and is original and interesting, and sort of you know kind of a, a, a different take on anything i'll laugh at anything it doesn't really matter as long as it's you know good and well written i don't i don't care what genre it is or anything yeah. what do you think about video sketches do they have a place in a writer's packet for a sketch team that's predominantly going to be doing stage shows um you mean like have it written or actually send in the video No, actually have it written like let's say because sure. actually i sent in it because the last time i did a, my last packet had a video sketch in it and i was like i was wondering i was like huh i wonder if i should send this sure. in but at least i was like it's different than the other two because they do they do i mean some teams do more videos than others but yeah. sure yeah but, uh, as, as long, again as long as it's funny and right. well, well written and it, it makes sense um yeah great of course cool you want to do some pitching this sure. is your favorite part you have to be funny oh <laughs> but you got to be joyful when you do it no <laughs> oh yeah, that's the thing. I, I'm very not. I'm not joyful. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> that's the other thing. I don't know why I'm doing this. Um, okay, so uh, pick a number. Hold on. I'm gonna pause this real quick. All right. So go ahead and pick a number between one and I believe it's twelve. Two. Two. Uh, two is a short personal monologues. So I'm gonna give us a suggestion. And yeah. we're basically going to do a Herald opening off of monologues. So okay. um, I'll start. You go – or you actually, you start because you're the guest. You start. You'll give a monologue. Then I'll give a quick monologue off the same suggestion. And then we'll just sort of talk about it and pitch ideas that could, we could use to write sketches with. All right. Cool. By the way, this um, microphone smells like Pat Jansen. It's, I'm, I'm always afraid that our microphones smell because you can't watch them and we – do so many podcasts you can't wash these things no man you can't wash a microphone I'm, what no not the microphone i'm talking about this oh the cover part. yeah I, maybe i could wash it by or hand just replace them i bet you they're cheap no no Nothing probably is not cheap. no you're right with this shit yeah they, they know you need to replace them so they make them really expensive yeah i yeah, i used to get the little teeny ones for lobs yeah and for like eight of them it's like 30 bucks it's like come Such on a joke. this thing cost you eight cents to make assholes um okay hold on suggestifier That's a good business to get into man yeah i know dude Microphone oh. covers, man. Microphone covers. That's quit That's comedy that. and do microphone covers. That's a great idea. Like, yeah. but like customize them. Yeah, like we'll do any color you want. We can yes. charge three times we'll, as much. Yes, you do your college colors. Yeah, we'll, do your, we'll give you, you know, a Nebraska. Yeah, I would because I would pay a hundred. Sure, bucks you would. Each. I know you would. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so next, uh, sticky note is our suggestion. Sticky note. 
And so you want me to just give like a monologue, whatever that means to you, just like a, a herald or a improv scene. Just not, it doesn't have to be a monologue, just like a personal story. I, uh, I, I hoard sticky notes. I, um, <laughs> I, I actually do because they're expensive. Again, they're expensive. <laughs> and so, uh, at different jobs, I will get a package of sticky notes and then I will hide them. And I'm the one who deals them out to people. So like if somebody's like, hey, I'm out of sticky notes, I'll take one. I'll take like a package of sticky notes, but I'll, I'll like break it so they only get a few at a time. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a dick. <laughs> it's true. So I, I actually do that because um, I, I'm cheap as hell. And, and there's something about sticky notes that I, I, I really I don't do that with other, I don't do that with like right. other office equipment. But I am I really do that with sticky notes. That's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, OK. Uh, so I guess so we'll just break that one down real quick. So I think what's like that's just that itself is a game. Yeah, sure. I mean, that's a sketch right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Such right. an easy sketch. Just a character sketch like the guy who hoards sticky notes and you got to like, what do you got to do to. Yeah, get the sticky note from him. Is it get? Is that what you heighten? Is how you get the sticky note? Yeah, or? or you could do it like that's that could be the first thing of other things that he's hiding in the office. You know what I mean? Like sticky notes first, and yeah. then you know, bl- bl- bloody knives second, or something <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? If you're if you're blowing it out, yeah. Uh, but yeah, bloody yeah. knife second, <laughs> bloody knife second. Yeah, yeah, and then sticky notes to bloody knives. Third is like nuclear warheads. Yeah, right, like, right, right, right. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so that, 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 that's, that's pretty and, easy. And it's, it can actually go one or two ways. You could play it totally normal. You could just be an office manager that that's his thing, which yep. is funny in itself. Or it could be like a groundling style sketch where it's just some crazy character right. that for some reason, what would be, do you have to justify, do you have to justify why, why he does of, it? Uh, yeah. I mean, well, if you're doing it like a, I, I imagine if you're doing like a big character, he won, he, He's there. He's going to have some sort of neuroses, or, right? Or some sort of, and that's sort of where it comes from, right? And the neuroses is just like, man, these small pieces of yellow paper in a package are really are way more expensive than they should be. Oh yeah, I mean, really, is what it comes down to for me. Because you're basically eating eight pieces of notebook paper for five bucks. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, right. That has, a, and then instead of like just rolling up a piece of tape and sticking yeah. it on something, it's it's all all encompassing. But but it is a weird thing, and they are great. Sticky notes are great. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then so so the character would have to it would have to have some sort of cheapness, some neuroses, some some like weird justification or if you wanted to make it even weirder they have some sort of like philosophy about sticky notes like how sticky notes will be here far longer than man yeah you know what i mean or something yeah, yeah, dumb yeah. like that um uh and the, the game is simple though yeah the game is very very simple yeah guy treats sticky notes like way more valuable than they really are <laughs> yeah yeah right yeah um great okay so sticky notes my dad used to use uh, sticky notes like he didn't have a – I worked work construction growing up. I started when I was 14. My dad worked construction from like the age of 18 until I think he retired at like 60-ish, um, maybe even older than that. And uh, he never – we never – like we probably had a first aid kit somewhere in the back of a truck <laughs> like with dirt and concrete. Like, even though he had his own business, right? Yeah. <laughs> you should have you should have had – I mean I'm sure one. we had one somewhere. Right. But nobody knew where it was, and right. like if the cops came, we could be like, "It's it's there," you know, like he, you know what I mean. But sure. we never, nobody knew where it was. Um, we did residential construction, and and it was like everybody was getting injured all the time. I mean, like <laughs> all the time, hitting themselves with shit. I mean, we were all like, I remember like it was me and my all my buddies who worked there when I was like eighteen, nineteen years old. Um, and we'd go to the, we'd show up, we'd go to off to work and just take shots of rum and then come back drunk and like run jackhammers and shit. Or we'd like roll blunts and smoke blunts behind the buildings and stuff and then come back and work. So like we were just fucked up working construction. So we were always getting injured. Um, but in particular, my dad would take Nick sticky notes and he would roll them up like into little squares and then put them over a a wound and then duct tape it. And like it was his own homemade band aid. That's how he would do it. And one time. So we have these things called steel I-beams. It's just this big piece of 
steel. And if you're looking down it, like, like down the barrel of a shotgun or whatever, you know, it just looks like an eye. But it's eight feet long, and it weighs 120 pounds or something like that. And they're razor sharp on the edges. And we would throw them through basement windows. And then we'd grab them in the basement. We put them up against basement walls. And because this is for foundation repairs. Foundation in yeah. Nebraska, we have basements, so foundation repairs. Right. And uh, so we would. So sometimes we would just throw them in the window and then go grab the other one. And the person would come in and grab it, and we would just leave it there. Well, my dad for some reason didn't see the I beam and just walked right into it and slit from the from his forehead to the back of his head. It <gasps> just blood everywhere. This tough son of a bitch took sticky notes. And just put them over the wound and then ran duct tape across them <laughs> and then finished the day. He looked like he had just gotten stabbed in the head and just, I mean, blood, like just his hair matted down in blood. And uh, that was my dad. He was just that kind of a guy. Oh, that's great. That's an easy sketch. That's a simple sketch. Yeah, right. I mean, that's the, the guy who you could, you could go a different ways, like, you know, the worse the injury is, the the less effective whatever he's got around. Right. He try. You know what I mean? Like, like a guy loses his arm, and so let's uh, put some toothpaste on the hole. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Or like it'll get dried up and right. But that that's like a great. Shooter. Like a bunch of sticky notes and duct tape. I mean, that would be such a great visual on stage. And we're, and it, and I mean it sort of. There's logic to it. Sure. Yeah, of course. Because it does work. I mean, it'll sop up some blood. Right. It's, you got all this stuff here. You're like, it's like the MacGyver of doctors, maybe. Yeah. Which is sort of a funny sketch. That's sort of be fun to have that, that, uh, that sticky note guy meet my sticky note guy. Yeah. They're two totally different people. Yeah. Um, what a great, like, if it was a Herald, like a great third beat, if you saw those two those scenes two, yeah. and then all of a sudden they meet and the guy's like, got to buy the sticky notes, but my dad's like way too tough. He's <laughs> right, like, right. I will just kick your ass. Or, or like he, the, the, the nerdy guy, the me guy is like on location with him yeah. and he won't give up the sticky notes to save his, the other guy's, the guy's life. life. My dad's <laughs> bleeding out. Yeah. That's pretty um, funny. That's really, that's a, that's a good, that's a good monologue. Uh, I've met your father before. Yeah. Your, your father is that kind of like country tough. Which is weird because he's so goofy and silly. I got my sense of humor from my dad for sure. Yeah, you could tell he's goofy and silly, but that doesn't mean he's not tough as hell. Yeah, he's tough yeah. as hell. Yeah, for sure. Um, that's that's really good. That's re- that's a lot of fun. Uh, that's he a, broke that's his, a great character. He your broke father's his a great character. He is a great character. And he has a, such a weird specific voice. Like, yes. All right, boys. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, but I remember one time he broke his finger. <laughs> This is just a, an extra freebie story. He broke his finger and he had the metal thing on it, but the way it was, he couldn't hold a hammer, so he bit it and bit the brace that would fit around the hammer. Oh. And he went back into the doctor, and they're like, "What the fuck? This is Are broken you, way, way worse. worse. Like you just fucking, you're an idiot." And that's just my dad. Just he just didn't give a shit. Oh, He's just that's, tough. That's funny. Um, another funny sketch that I thought would be really funny too, and maybe it's just me because I like these characters. I love frat boy and stoner characters. They you make, do. They make me giggle because they're so stupid. Like, people, I think people think it's because I relate to them where it really what it is is like, I just think they're so fucking stupid and funny to watch. Like a real, like a real frat boy that's completely unaware of being a frat boy that just frats out. That guy, to me, like he's the drunk guy on Road Rules or Real World, mm-hmm. you know? That yep. guy to me, it, like the, the Miz, when he was on The Real World, and he would like get drunk and just be a professional wrestler before he was ever a famous wrestler. Yeah, that he was hilarious to me, like that kind of guy. Or the Miz, former IO student, former IO student. Yeah, that's I actually saw him and I was like, the guy from Real World. And like, I, like my other nerd friend was like, you mean the professional wrestler? I was like, <laughs> really? Um, and uh, I also love stoner characters, like dumb, like Jim Brewer. Uh-huh. I can, even though he's not a stoner, he just looks like one, that kind of well, guy. His character from uh, Half-Baked, Half-Baked, yeah. I can just watch it and just laugh. It doesn't have to really even say anything that profound. Do you like Cheech and Chong movies? Um, I do. It's been a long time. since I remember the one where he would do the cocaine and then drink the urine, and then like that scene where he kept drinking piss, and uh. Chong kept handing him the piss to drink. <laughs> yeah, so funny. Um, yeah, I do like those kind of movies. Uh, Half-Baked is one of my favorites. But so uh, Stoner... Just stoners doing dangerous jobs, I think, would be funny. Uh-huh. Like, whatever that job. I don't, I, I don't know if construction is a good enough heighten, because that's sort of a thing, a real thing. It is a dangerous job. Yeah, right. But it's also a thing that stoners do. Like, because you don't need a high school education. Man, I got to tell you, 
like, <laughs> off topic a second. There's there's like a bunch of construction going on in Hollywood and uh, in a parking lot that I park in. There's a lot of the construction da- guys. Um, yeah, I'm not talking about those construction guys because those dudes are fuck. They're they're smoking. I, I smell them smoking weed. That, oh yeah, that's 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 very disheartening when I'm like, like oh these dudes who are ripped are like putting steel beams into big construction. Things. That's also because like weed isn't really a drug and yeah, but I mean it's it can impair you. I mean so can caffeine, uh, in a good way. So can weed in a good way. Yeah, I guess you can focus. I, I do focus pretty good on that. Yeah, see now me on weed is a whole other thing. I can't do it. I get too anxious. I get too. Anyways, enough about my drug use. Uh, but yeah, like, I don't know. Like, what if he's like uh, a couple astronauts that are stoners? I don't know. That might be probably over Yeah. It's probably done a lot. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't like stoner characters as much as you do. I don't like drunk characters or stoner characters that much. Drunk, I don't like because they're hard. Yeah. They're, no one does them good. No, it's, it's so hard to play. Because you can't play drunk. drunk. You have to play or... trying to not be drunk. Right. Yep. It's hard, yeah, but yeah, I, I mean, it's sometimes I, I love I loved half baked um, story characters. Yeah, I mean, just kind of laughing about their this weird job that they're in. What would be well? I guess the question I would have for you is, what would be beyond construction or something? What would be another dangerous kind of job? I guess like like I think like. Instead of space, like something under the sea, like guys who were like, you know, in those like shark tanks. You know, oh, those yeah. Like shark uh, jails that that would be kind of fun. Where they're like, yeah, or like anything. I mean, like anything the, that's just not something that you've seen. A million, like I've yeah, seen that, a million NASA exactly. sketches. Yes. Right, right, right. Is it NASA or NASA? NASA. NASA. Um, in Nebraska, it's Nassau. Nassau is a county in New York. <laughs> is it? <laughs> Nassau County, but it's N-A-S-S-A-U. Yeah. In Nebraska. It's, you know the guys that went to the moon, NASA? We don't talk N- right about We're not Texas. <laughs> but yeah, that, what would be fun is a sort of like off the beaten path job. Or like, you know, uh, 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 safari guides. You know, oh, yeah. like, like an African safari guide. Look at those lions over there, bro. Man, don't get too close, but you can get close-ish. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. Like, and then you got the straight, you got the people there at a straight man. You're like, are you... It smells like weed. Huh? What do you mean it smells like weed? Huh? Yeah, yeah, right. Look at all the weed everywhere. Look, yeah. Um, that's not funny. Maybe, uh, maybe do you heighten it then? I mean, this might be too much, but do you heighten it then by like they get in trouble or whatever? They go to the manager and the manager's a heroin addict. And he's like, hey, guys, I, uh, I thought we've talked about that you can't be smoking weed on the job. And then he... Ties one off. Uh, yeah. Uh, no one can see the visual bit I just did. Uh, he, he was ru- putting a r- rubber hose around hose my arm. Around his arm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I guess know. so. Neither one of us laughed at it. No, neither of us wanted to laugh at it. Um, I mean, it is certainly a heightening. It's, what you, it's where you would heighten to. If, yeah. If drugs were the actual Maybe that's game. the thing. Drugs isn't really a funny game. That wouldn't be itself. the game. It would be the danger that the stoners put themselves in. I think would be the game. You can almost even have them like three, three blackouts where they're yeah. in like they keep getting fired from like dangerous jobs for one thing or another. Yeah, you're right. I think that would be a much funnier blackout sketch because you start playing that drug thing out. It just gets so predictable and yeah. so overdone. And it's the same joke, just different specifics. Like Half Baked did it with a school teacher. The kids right. love him. Right, right, right. You know, and it's like yeah. So people would probably love him because sure. donors are great they're fun to be around you know they're very friendly yeah um cool man we did it we solved comedy we did that part yeah what's next <laughs> <laughs> so um the next part is we brought in so we uh we pitched some stuff with kate who's kate kate um huffman from oh, kate huffman yeah she's oh, great kate huffman's hilarious yeah, yes. i love her um she's one of my favorites um, and then we brought in the, we wrote one pages off of her stuff, brought it into Bill Kessler last week. Bill Kessler gave his notes on it and I wrote a one pager. Jeremiah also wrote, I mean, I wrote a full length sketch and, uh, Jeremiah did too, but I don't have Jeremiah's sketch. I don't think because well, he's he in, is Portland, in Portland, Maine right now, probably having lobster or something. No, he's in, no, no. He's in Portland, Oregon, Oregon, probably having like hoppy beer because that's what they have. Oh yes. Yes. Cause he doesn't smoke weed. 
I know Jeremiah looks like he – I mean, James Mastriani said it best. You don't look like you smoke weed, Jeremiah. You look like you grow weed. <laughs> and he doesn't. He's just a uh... – He's a fucking DNA Scientologist. Scientologist. He's a DNA – yeah, he's a Scientologist. He's, he's a, a D- DNA scientist? Yeah. That's dude, what he does for a living? He's a fucking wicked smart dude. Don't tell him I said that. Really? Yeah. Where does he Where does he work? Um, I uh, fuck. Uh, I can't remember the name of the company, but I believe it's part of Cedar Sinai. What is he? See, that's the way he's doing it. Yeah, like one time I called him and he's like, "Oh yeah, I had to run in real quick to work because I like lost reception when I was talking to him on the phone." He's like, "Yeah, sorry, I had to run in and pick up a heart." <sighs> yeah, and then he, he, this he, is the same dude who, in the last sketch show, rigged up dicks to fall from the ceiling. Oh yeah, he's yeah he's very clever. Um, he's, uh, what that he's doing it right. He's doing like great work. And then on the side he's doing, he's having his fun. Yeah. And he's doing it for fun. I mean, that's awesome that he's yeah. doing like well, really awesome. He would quit. He would quit. If he could get a writing gig, he would quit. Why am I talking about this? Like, I'm not telling Jeremiah's business on there, but yeah, I think, I think that he would rather do comedy. He even though he's like saving lives and like, yeah, uh. he's a, He's in it, man. He really. Um, That's awesome. I did not know that. What a. I could. You can kind of tell he's a bright guy by the type of sketches he does. Well, he has a degree in. His degrees in. Um, engineering. <sighs> man. Yeah. He has degrees not even in DNA or whatever. He doesn't even have a. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if DNA is a degree. Yeah, I, you can get a DNA degree. Okay. Yeah. I went to. It's called a degree in A. <laughs> Let's. You're gonna cut that part. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm gonna. I'm gonna echo that part. Um. Okay. Uh, okay, let me... Right. So what what are we doing here? I'm bringing up the sketch. Hold on. Okay, so this sketch is... La- I brought in the sketch last week um, as a one-pager. So I've rewritten... I've finished it out. I've written the whole thing out. Um, it's YouTube. A YouTube how to give an appendectomy. Mm-hmm. Like a YouTube how-to video. YouTube appendectomy. appendectomy. A YouTube celebrity type is sitting in front of his computer. Dr. Devin. Yo, 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 it's Doc Devs or Dr. Devin's YouTube channel. And today's episode is brought to you by Frederick Scalpels. Jump cut to him dressed like a cowboy singing. These scalpels are made for cutting, and that's just what they'll do. Jump cut back to him in black and white, like acting like a nerd. Federal law requires that I say don't try this at home. Jump cut, losers. He makes a weird, uh, makes a weird noises. Now, jump cut back to normal Dr. Devin. So today I'm going to teach you how to give an appendectomy. An appendectomy? Yes, an appendectomy. Jump cut to him in a bonnet. Just what I've always wanted. (laughs) Jump cut back. Um, Okay, before we start, first you should watch my video on anesthetizing. Link is below. Jump cut to him doing an impression of Al Pacino. (laughs) Uh, Woo-ha. And while you're there, click like and subscribe, you filthy animals. He slides an unconscious body into the shot. Uh, now you guys, now you guys have met my boy Brian before, from when we removed his tonsils with Henderson's surgical scissors. And cut to a video with him and scalpel in Brian's mouth. Um, cut back, or when we pierced his tongue with Michelson's home tongue piercing kit. Cut to video of them piercing tires, Brian's tongue, blood everywhere. Cut back, and also from the puppy video sponsored by puppies. Cut to them. Jumping around with puppies. Jump cut back. Uh, Devin is slicing his stomach open and, op- and he opens it for the camera to see inside. Look at look at that slice. Straight as an arrow. Now pin his stomach to his stomach. Make sure your hands are clean. Jump cut him in a bubble bath. Cut back. Uh, this big gross thing is a liver. Jump cut to him dressed up like Hannibal Lecter. It goes good with a nice Chianti and some farva beans. Jump cut back. These long dick-looking things are his intestines, and this useless piece of tissue and protein is your appendix. Just give a quick incision here and another one here, and he throws the appendix, he pulls the appendix, appendix out and throws it over his shoulder. Voila! Jump cut to him as a magician. No more appendix. Jump cut back. He puts a stapler in his stomach and staples his arteries shut. Just staple here and here. Give him a couple stitches here. Jump cut to him in a sundress, knitting over Brian's body, knit one, pearl two, and knit one, pearl two. Jump cut back to him standing surrounded by graphics. And that's how you give yourself or your friends an appendectomy. Thanks again to Frederick Scalpels. You can subscribe here, comment below, and link to buy your own scalpels in the description. Peace, bro. 
So that's a that's a full. I mean, that could be a full scene right there. Yeah, that's there. the full. Sketch. That's the full. Sketch. That's not the one pager. The one pager we did with Kessler. That's the full thing based off of the notes from Kessler. Okay, so so what are you asking from me? What what I would do? Yeah, like so. Just imagine I brought this into your sketch team. Yep. And I was I, like. I think it's pretty solid. I think that, especially this would be a video sketch. Yeah, it's a video obviously. sketch. We talked about making it a stage, sketch, a, a stage sketch, but we decided that if you do that, then the, the joke actually becomes a YouTube video on stage. Right. This is definitely a video sketch, but with all those jump cuts, you just couldn't do it yeah. any other way. Um, unless you had twin actors who were doing all the jumps or you could find a way to have other actors all in black kind of throwing things on you sure. and like or like everyone's kind of yeah or like everyone's wearing his mask or something yeah, yeah something like that you could do that but the the way this is written this is written for video yeah it's written for video now for me i would i would now take it and i know this is exactly how i would do it if i was coaching my team I it would it would it have to end horribly. The guy has to die. So the some the, the guy kind of wakes up. He's like something's wrong, and then, and then right, and then as we his heart explodes or something. No, I I mean whatever. But I I, I it's too clean for me. Yeah, see, and that's sort of how it was for me too. Like the honest the honest truth is is that I didn't. I needed another hour, like half an hour at least, to sort of think about the ending. Sure. And I just didn't have it. My, I've been going through some back issues, and yeah. So I didn't have, um, I just didn't have the time to finish it, and so that's my fault. That's kind of laziness on my behalf. But the, uh, there's a lot of those jump cuts. I don't. I, I mean, they're all kind of funny and they're clever. Um, and I guess for video, they would probably, especially like the truth is, you almost have to see it. This would. This is not. This is almost. This is like truth is stranger. This is almost real, right? Like the way these these people do these weird YouTube channels, like this feels so much like a sixteen year old kid. So it almost needs more. Like every time we cut back, so maybe what if what if we cut out some of the beginning and start with the incision? This is brought to you by Frederick Scalpel bit. And sit, and then it gets very doctory, and yeah. then cut back to crazy, and then very do- and then right. each time we cut back, it heightens to like something bad is going on, and then his cutaways become more frantic and scared and anxious. I mean that that would be a more fun way to do it for me. And right, I, it would be good to ha- ha- have him some like you know maybe he's got a uh, an actual physician there. Is he an actual physician? No. Well, no. The idea, and I think that that needs to be clarified too. So. No, the idea is that he's just a YouTube. The idea is like, oh, the YouTube celebrities like sort of. It's YouTube celebrities don't really know what the fuck they're doing, but they always sort of sure. do these half well, yeah, or yeah, unboxings right, right, or whatever. Right. They just talk about dumb shit. So we were like, oh, it'd be funny if he gave an ampedectomy. I I think so too. I think that you know, for sake of reality and and for sake of comedy, I think if you had him with like you know. Uh, assisting me as always is Dr. So-and-so who, yeah. who's kind of just there and, you know, he's got a mask on. He just nods his head. Right. And then I think something has to go wrong to me in the. And he in, just keeps cutting and he just keeps doing the bit and the well, doctor's like. And the doctor's like, all right, all right, stop. There's he's, he's bleeding too much. Yeah. Come over here and help me. And then as it's going and on. And then we can cut to like a, the carry scene where he's got blood dumping on him and stuff. Or you know, what I'm, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like he's still trying to find ways to make the bits right, out of right, what's going right. on. Yeah, it could be something. That would actually be funny. What would be funny about that is because <laughs> he'll have edited this after, after this guy that, dies. Yeah. Which I think is very funny. And it, what you could you could go a couple of different directions with that, where like he now he and the doctor are kind of having this like serious moment while while this man is dying on the table, and then he's like, "Are you, he's like stop, just focus, pay attention." The doctor's like now playing right. straight, and and then maybe he's like saying, "He's like, all right, I got to remember this is a good spot for the this kind of edit. This is a good spot for this." Kind <laughs> of edit. As he's like going, right. he's like, "What are you talking about? There is not going to be any more edits." Uh, yeah, if you know if this guy dies. He's like, wait a second. Do we, do we even have like, do we have a license to do this in your living room, or and and like, right. like the craziness can kind of come up. The guy could die. 
there's all this panic. Um, and I do think that I, what I think, one of the things I can think is funny is there are no more edits that, well, that's the thing because he, you, you edit after you do the video. Yeah. So maybe the edits can keep coming in yeah. like, of like, you know, him get like, like a guy getting beaten in prison. In the, or, <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny. Like high into like he ends up in prison. That's really funny. And he's uh, still somehow doing cutaways. Right. right. Um, oh, that's really fucking stupid and funny. Uh, I like that a lot. Cause it's like you, you, there's a point where you just have to sort of let reality go and be like, all right, you've, yeah. you've, you've jumped, you've heightened past reality. Right. You have to. Yeah. yeah. You have to in this for it to be. Yeah. I agree. I was reading. Like, Cause then I was writing, I was like, ah, like, I really liked the premise. I really liked the idea, but I was like, it's just not getting to where I want it to go. Sure. Um, well, yeah, to, me, really to me, like, the fun part is if you're going to put time into a sketch like this, you probably should do the first couple that are sort of benign, ear-piercing, tongue-piercing. I, I think that the, uh, a tonsillectomy uh, on, on an adult is an actual, I don't know if you know this or not, but on an adult, it's, it's kind of, it can be a very serious surgery. On kids, it's not, but adults, it is for oh, some I didn't reason. Oh, I know that. Because uh, I was going to get my tonsils out a number of years ago, and the doctor's like, I, I would say no because the morbidity rate is very high, not mortality, right? Well, like just but like problems arising. I learned that word yesterday, actually. Morbidity. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so it would be fun for to have like just a couple of series of these where and the, he's getting more confident that like I like slow p- playing things a lot. And so if you did, if you had your own channel and you had like these like fun things that he would do, like, uh, and maybe they could turn out a little bad, but like he, st- and then he actually does a oh, surgery and it goes that's really the funny, bad in like, his life, you know. What an easy web series to do because you could make a million of these. Oh God. But like it, it stops after like the sixth one <laughs> it goes too far. My, one of my favorite things in comedy is like the, the, the character man or woman who kind of loses loses their grip on reality and takes things too far like they it, you know uh, what's a good example of of like a character I, I don't know I just sort of like I like the person kind of losing their like either out of ego like oh I can do these things and I can definitely do an appendectomy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then like it all goes wrong and it just becomes, and, and then they lose at the end. I always like my characters losing in the end. Um, that was one of the kind of signature things that it doesn't have to be this way. We always did when I was directing them. We, we, there was just, our scenes always ended tragically. You know, that's sort of right. like, we, we just liked the like it didn't have to be death but like the character ha- I, I just think things are funny when the character loses in the end i do too i do too like yeah I, i'm uh as i watch um game of thrones yeah i want as much as i hate um i uh, can't Cersei. i hate Cersei's character yeah i want her to win because in the real world she'd win she would win yeah you know, she's so wicked. Yeah. She's so she will do anything. She will. Yeah. And so like, she's like she's like Vladimir Putin. <laughs> she really is. Um, sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Like, that's a yeah, that's a really good note. I think that that's uh, super helpful. Yeah. So that's what I would do. I mean, I, I would. I probably <laughs> if I had the time, I'd write four beforehand that are kind of normal and sort of like benign things and then make this last one just, just his crazy, life. almost like Andy Kaufman. It like make them believe it's a real yes, channel. That's exactly right. Th- yes, that's exactly right. Make them believe it's a real channel. And then you've gone too far. And now you'll be in prison for the rest of your life for, and then start doing videos from prison surgery like, without a license. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Or like, Oh God, it could get to the point where it's like how to make, how to make a uh, prison wine. Yeah. Yeah. And like, but then you, then that, but so you have to, you have to like, you have to play it for like a year. Like now it's like <laughs> you, you, you've been in court for a year. Now you got convicted and now the channel's back up again. You're back <laughs> in prison. You're like, sorry, we took a year off. I had, uh, I had things to take care of, but yeah. now I'm, I'm safe. <laughs> uh, and they just have like a dude in the corner in the orange jumpsuit the entire time, just staring at you. Or it could off. be, yeah, or it could be that, that doctor who's also going to prison. <laughs> <laughs> But he's way sad. He's <laughs> way, just like, <laughs> uh, so funny. Um, great, man. So, uh, yeah, dude. 
This has been a lot of fun, man. Thanks for coming on and doing this with us. You bet. Now we got a Nebraska spring spring, spring game, game the watch. red and white game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it starts in like 10 minutes so we better, Ooh, we better clean up um, um very fun thanks for thanks. having me do it yeah and uh, real quick uh everybody please um also go to twitter at foopod um like and subscribe us on itunes rider duet free year rider duet pro uh fish out of water excuse me um boardwalk audio.com forward slash contest mike canally tell them everything you want them to know about you uh ryan said it all no, no, you have your own stuff, though. Nah, forget it. No, say your own stuff. Nah. Don't you have, like, a blog about cell phones? Oh, I have a few, but... No, can Ali say it? Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy your weekend. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you don't have social media, because you hate it. I have a Twitter, but I don't know what the handle is. <sighs> you are a curmudgeon, you know that? <laughs> <laughs> um, so we do have a thing here uh, for... Uh, fish out of water where we don't have a tagline uh-huh. so we make our guests make up the tagline every week so uh what's the tagline for fish out of water fish out of water uh is better than war perfect thanks mike bye And a Boardwalk Audio podcast. For more information and shows, visit BoardwalkAudio.com. Don't forget to rate and subscribe now.